You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 430 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by a tried and tired Seth Miller and Fosma Moon. How y'all doing? If I'm snoring later in the episode, I apologize. Well, you just flew back, right? Like you're and boy, are my arms tired. Yeah. No, oh, flew- God. Yuck, 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 hey, yuck. You started it. Uh, <laughs> it is 7 o'clock on the East Coast, and I was up at 4, 4 o'clock this morning in Amsterdam time. So It's a long day. Had a couple small naps on the plane, but yeah, long day. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see what we got here. We've got some follow-up from last week. A- yes. A- charts let's talk about those first i rescind my comments that it doesn't seem that bad really uh, yes because i was trying to book an award ticket and they won seventy five thousand points for washington dc to manchester in economy class manchester new hampshire a 40 minute flight on a cr9 and they wanted seventy five thousand points and so i've decided since it affects me personally more than i want it to f those guys <laughs> Oh, that bad. Yeah. What it would appear they've done is gone straight penny a point if it's not saver level. And I assume that there's still sort of something out there occasionally representing saver level, but strict penny a point after that is tough. I mean, it's kind of in line with what we've seen from everybody else, right? Or the other majors, I guess. Uh, Are they all always that way? I don't know. No, I mean, I think I think United, you know, they have their times when they run the saver more often than the dynamic. So I guess yeah. Delta maybe or yeah, and it, oh. um, there are definitely scenarios where it happens like that. I just and maybe this is a one off and this is not the norm, but I saw it and so now I'm annoyed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'd like to hear from listeners and what they think on uh, the charts, I'm sure, or the lack of charts, I guess. Yeah. Um, wait, is there any way lack of charts could be good? No. Okay. <laughs> so I think that, I think we have our answer right there. Well, I mean, it'd be funny to hear from listeners if they've, if they've hit like a sweet spot, right? Or they found availability that was cheaper than what they were expecting. I mean, if what Seth is saying is accurate, a penny a point, right? The only way you'd find a sweet spot is if revenue management actually uh, drops fares. And then, is it a, and then is it a sweet spot or not? Yeah. Are you actually getting outright? Sweet spot generally is outsized value for the point. Yeah. So um, his 75,000-mile award goes to 50,000. Still not a really good value for DCA to Manchester. Yeah, if it's still a penny a point, it's just a penny a point. I guess, right, what, where we've seen it in the past where, quote-unquote, not having a chart has helped is when, you know, Delta or United has run weird sale pricing and dr- dramatically dropped random city pairs. Now, not necessarily ones that are super high-priced and not mm-hmm. always, you know, and some, some is not... It's usually better than penny a point, though, even when they're on sale. When it comes, when those have uh, worked out. So, hey. and like I said last week, they can all you can always just run a sale. You don't have you can and break the chart to do that. But uh, I don't know, not great. 
I'm just really annoyed because that would have made my trip this week really much, much better. And it, it doesn't exist. So I'm flying to who Boston. Did, who, did, who, did, who did you end up flying on? I'm going to still fly American and I'm going to fly him to Boston and take the bus from Boston to Manchester because there's no good flights. Really? Yeah. Will AA, will AA let you stand by on a co-term? Is Manchester considered a co-term for Boston? Boston's the name of the airport. I would argue it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I search for United from Dulles to Boston, it shows me tickets to Providence and to Albany. So, there's Albany, I don't understand. <laughs> three hours away on the Mass Pike. So three hours away. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. I'm like, oh, this flight looks great, except it's going to the wrong state. Two states away. Not even a neighboring state. Anyway. Speaking of bus, I just I put something in our notes just now. Okay. Um, so my coworker lives in Fort Collins. Um, the first price that you look at is Lisbon to Denver. Okay. Okay. Economy. All right. And then the next the next screenshot is Lisbon to Fort Collins. Same dates. Everything. Same thing. Is that the most expensive bus you have ever seen? Uh, yes. Okay, so do you get the whole bus? It's more than $2,000. <laughs> For the Fort Collins bus from Denver. We'll see, because fares are based on markets. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, I get why you don't want to take the bus, Seth. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm lucky because I just pay my $26 and move on. He, he, was, he, was, he was dumbfounded because he was looking for a, an easier way uh, just to get home. Like he yeah. was kind of looking at some other stuff. And he was like, wait a second. Because I looked up Lisbon to Denver to help him. And he's like, well, I'm, go- I'm on the bus. He's like, I can't do that. It's too expensive. And I said, what are you talking about? It's like $900. And he goes, no, it's $3,300. So how yeah. much is it just to buy the bus ticket? You can't. I don't, you can't. I think you have to connect it with the flight. Oh, it's a United bus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's that, whatever that. Uh, landline. Yeah, landline bus. It's like the Allentown thing. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, silver. Uh, uh, we. Not booted yet. They're not booted? Yeah. They haven't been evicted? We're not dead yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they got a reprieve on their uh, they, their lease issue for now. Um, it's unclear how long that's going to last, but they still owe the back rent and that for water now. So you don't know the you don't know the details of why? Like do you think that they negotiated I'm guessing they negotiated something to I'm sure they negotiated something with the airport, but I haven't seen the details. Unfortunately the article that this was that I had the link for was from a newspaper or an online newspaper website that does not allow access from Europe for GDPR compliance reasons. It's one way of addressing yeah. GDPR compliance. Instead of bothering to have like that stupid, we agree, click through capture button that literally everybody else in the world does There's a whole collection of, I think it's Tribune group or something like that, that just like, Oh, we see your IP addresses in Europe. You can't read our stuff. Lovely. And so I saw it, and they it's, it's Sun Sentinel, which is out of Florida. But they, uh, I know the story happened, but I was in Europe, and unlike with my Priceline rental car last week, booking last week, did not bother to work around it for this one. 
So, I I mean, I guess silver. If they if they pay the back money, maybe they'll be in good standing. But it kind of seems like if you're the airport authority, you, you kind of just give them one chance and that's it. And then they don't follow through, kick them out. At this point, I mean, mm, no, you run the risk of pushing them out, getting dropping a bunch of routes in the process. Yeah, you push True. them out, they die. Yeah, right. They're not, they're not going to just like move to Miami, move to Orlando, or move to Miami instead. So. Killing an airline, and yes, they owe you money, but killing the airline is not a good look, and you you want them. They provide some unique service to Fort Lauderdale, so. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you can't just let them not pay forever. Yeah, fair point. Um, speaking of which, I, I'm going to ask you, Seth, so how did you end up, I mean, we left it kind of in the bonus show, I think, your your train travails, you got stuck. How did you end up getting to where you needed to go? I flew. Uh, I bought a walk-up ticket on EasyJet from Milan, Malpensa to Amsterdam, and then was planning to take the train. My work was in The Hague, Den Haag. Mm-hmm. Um, was planning to take the train out, and it turns out that the company I was going to visit uh, want, had someone connecting through Amsterdam and who lives in Dubai and moved there from Singapore and went on his way to visit Iceland and didn't have a jacket and it was below freezing in Iceland. So, you know, the people in the Netherlands had plenty of jackets and he had the guy, the employee had a connection. So they sent someone to the airport with a jacket. The guy cleared immigration on his connection, came out, collected the jacket, went back through immigration <laughs> and checked back and got back on his plane for the onward flight. Wow. And so the advantage for me there was that the guy doing the jacket handoff uh, was at the airport at the same time I w- was arriving. So I just rode with him instead of having to take the train. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, which made up by, I made up for it by having to take the train at uh, 522 this morning. <laughs> Uh, but, at least, but at least there was a 522 train because when I looked initially, I was looking from the other station in The Hague. There's like two big train stations and the other one, I probably would have been fine, but the train didn't arrive at Schiphol until after seven, just after seven. And my flight had an 810 departure and with uh, potentially checking a bag, which I ended up doing and it getting lost. Um It's been delayed. I've been promised they'll be delivered tonight. Um, We'll see. Uh, And between that and the risk of security, which security and immigration at Schiphol this morning was literally zero people. Uh, But I I would, I probably would have been fine, but I don't know. It would have been an hour later and maybe they would have been terrible at that point. But so I walked right through, but uh, yeah, I was up for a five o'clock flight this morning or five, five 22 train. Lovely. Um, so let's talk about some new stuff. Uh, the, I think the the news, the big news, or some big news, uh, American is dropping Seattle, London Heathrow for the winter, and then, but at the same time, they're launching LAX to Auckland. I, I think this is big news because American can't seem to figure out what routes they actually want to fly. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we understand why they didn't launch Bangalore, Seattle, Bangalore, right? And maybe even Shanghai. So China, China still has issues in terms of frequencies that are allowed. Yeah. 
right? The governments are still pissing match with each other over what that's going to be like. Um, so that explains some of the China stuff. And the, the market hasn't rebounded as quickly as people want. So fine. China's sort of out these days. Um, I also, we were talking about, I think that's why United has planes to fly. It's Pacific expansion in some ways. Um, Bangalore is out because you can't overfly Russia. And maybe the market is back, maybe not. Um, so the Seattle Heathrow route, BA is already flying it. American was going to augment that. And it turns out that in last week's earning call, Alaska Airlines basically said, oh, by the way, our business travel has not come back yet. Hmm. Uh, leisure travel is back. It's far exceeding. We're, we're doing fine. But business travel is not back. And so we're trying to sort out how that's going to be in the future. And a flight like Heathrow is got to be dependent, especially in the winter, has to be dependent on business travelers. And for American Airlines at Seattle, it's got to be dependent on feed from Alaska Airlines. So if Alaska Airlines say we don't have any business tra- or we, we only have half as many business travelers as we had in 2019, which, to be fair, is I'm pretty sure when American announced this route, it kind of makes some sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird route for me anyway. Like, you already have BA flying it. Yeah. Um, twice a day, I think, in the summer. I think in the summer it's twice, and plus the plus the American flight. So, so summer's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, and then and then you have Delta, right? And then, but but BA, I would expect to pick up the connecting traffic from. You know, Alaska. Well, right. And that's the thing is now that Alaska's in one world, they can pick up that traffic as well. Right. Didn't, didn't American announce this in 2019 before Alaska was in one world and before like it was a, it was a very different market at that time. I mean, they announced it when they knew one Alaska was going to join one world, but was it already, you know, known? and I believe so. Cause that was whole, the premise of the entire Seattle expansion. So I thought it was recall. just their West coast partnership, like the Northeast Alliance, but on the West coast. Oh, maybe maybe it was just that, but it was it hinged on Alaska. Either it way. did hinge on Alaska, but I don't think it was One World, which changes the that's uh, transatlantic, the but economics. It, yeah, I mean, but Alaska's always had a relationship with BA as well. Yeah, and you know, as far as the Delta flight, the, there are times when Delta's dropped that flight to let Virgin fly it. That's true. Yeah. So, so I mean, the the real question is, does it come back in the summer season next year? What are, what are your predictions then, Foss? Oh no, I mean, I I, I think AA unless it's Dallas, you there's nothing guaranteed out of AA. Dallas or Charlotte, I'd say. I mean, just a few weeks ago they dropped. Is it Philly Madrid that they dropped because they were short of wide body? So just randomly dropping flights. Yeah, for for six weeks or something they dropped Philly Madrid, which. It's they clearly would be. I assume they'd be feeding traffic into Iberia in Madrid, but I guess not enough. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I know they have the Dallas flight, so they can still connect people into Madrid if they need to, and whatever. But and Iberia has a Dallas flight too, right? Maybe. I know they have a Miami flight. I don't know if they have a. I think they do, but I mean, it's it's just it's strange to me. I I, I guess an L.A. Auckland. I mean, 
Right, well, that's the thing. It's like you're replacing some of this capacity with LA Auckland, which United just announced. Air New Zealand is also flying. There's a lot of capacity in that market all of a sudden. Yeah. And this is and there and this is in with Dallas Auckland. Yeah. Um, yes, Iberia does have a nonstop as well to Dallas. But anyway, um, and it looks like there's a Madrid Charlotte also on American hmm. and Miami on American. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I won. I mean, that's a lot of capacity going into New Zealand all of a sudden. And I know they've come back pretty strong and that's one of those markets that has, they've been pushing very hard for U the U S tourism growth there. I mean, playing up. It's not that many time zones and all this other stuff, but, uh, it's a lot of, lift and which means a lot of potential hotel rooms and everything else like all those other challenges although i guess the china inbound is not back there yet either so they need you know getting u.s passengers in instead of the chinese it's filling a gap rather than overlapping yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's a lot it's a lot of feet that's just that strikes me it strikes me i mean it's winter down there right it's not the best time either to be in oh yeah, it is. Is it? Is it good? It, that's high season. They they do they get skiing down in the South Island. There's there's a lot. That's Christmas down there is huge demand. Okay, I didn't know that. So, um, so I guess I mean I, I guess think, it's good. I mean, for, yeah, yeah. That's what I remember from when the I mean this is what, how long ago was the United Mistake Fair? Yeah, I don't even remember. It's a long time ago. Fifteen years ago, probably. That's what I remember from that when we all went over Christmas. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and then Airbus has, uh, had their deliveries, uh, delayed again, and it's now going into 2024. This is the, in 2024, they're still expecting three-ish month delays based on prior, from the originally planned schedules, Mm. if that makes sense. So, um, basically they've been running three months behind for the last probably year or so. And they're saying now that's going to run until at least 2024. So, yay. Wow. So they just, they're not able to make up the, the delay. Like they're not able to make it up. Like they're just not catching up at all. That's what it seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm right. I mean, in some ways, like how would you catch it up? Because you've got a, assembly line that moves at a certain pace like and yes it can change pace but doing that is a complex process you can't just like randomly build an extra one yeah it's a very fine-tuned in theory cycle um assembly line process and like changing the pacing on it scaling it up or whatever to increase build rates is not an easy task yeah yeah so did we talk about them opening a second line in China? No, we didn't. Yeah, and so as part of some other announcements a couple weeks ago now, they're, uh, they announced a second line going in in Tianjin. So they're they're going to have a second, basically, assembly going on? So they'll have to fly planes in and, or fly parts in? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they fly them or ferry them, but yeah. Mm. They ferry them to Alabama. Really? Yeah, they've got a custom load ship where they bring 
fuselages and tailpieces and wings and all that stuff across. And they roll them off, drive them to the foul. There's like an uh, intake room where they get laid out to be ready to go. And then when the time comes and like all the when all the parts are ready, they roll them into position on the line and put them together. Wow. Didn't realize that. Yeah. So it's it's a neat I mean it's a neat setup. You also gotta wonder like how in the world is this a reasonable approach to construction of an airplane, but they get around some potential tariff stuff and 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 hmm. right? You get to say that we have local employees in Alabama. It's built in America. Assembled in America. Assembled in America, yeah. <laughs> well I mean you know that they have to, the safety card on Airbus airplanes has a little indicator of where it was finally assembled. Oh, I did not know that. If you ever get on an Airbus plane, somewhere on the card mm-hmm. in the United States, uh, on a U.S. registered airline, there'll be, a, usually it's a flag icon yep. um, showing where it was assembled, or it's small text on the back, and as of, I want to say it's probably 18 months now, Frontier once again, or Spirit, one of the two, asked the FAA to stop doing that because it's stupid. And the FAA said, Congress has mandated it. We can't control that. Sorry. <laughs> and it's basically, this is a protectionist. We want people to know these weren't assembled in the United States. And even though now some of them are assembled in the United States, they put the little U.S. flag on there instead of a German or French flag. So does does is Frontier just you know do they not want to spend the ink? Uh, they don't want to have to maintain multiple stocks of cards at outstations, so when one's missing and they go to replace, they have to have the right one. Ah, I got you. And also, yeah. it's stupid. So like, why do we like? It, why would you do this? It's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Dulles could have a permanent set of gates at Pier 2 by t- December 2026. Are, I don't believe it. You don't think it's going to happen? They've, they've no. magic? No. No. Like, come on, really? <laughs> Who's going to pay for it? Right? That's been the age-old problem. Is a, I, a, so this after com- Washington. Yeah, this comes back to, I think, they got a Fed grant to help. And United said if they didn't have to pay for all of it, they'd consider they'd pay for part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this came from the uh, MWAA uh, meeting notes, so uh, it's on the agenda. They really are planning to do it. I, I'm glad to see that it looks like they're going to keep the same old uh, hallway design. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of a uh, little rough. Yeah. Where would this be, though? So this would be on the... Where the Polaris Lounge is. So the east side. Where the Polaris Lounge is? is it, didn't they put the... Or where the train station is? It's where the train didn't station they, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were, they, at one point they were going to put the Polaris Lounge out there, but they did not. No. Yeah. So this is further east than the Polaris Lounge? South. South. Okay. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Like it's parallel to the, the the two concourses today are two long, mm-hmm. you know, straight lines. This is parallel to the current CD concourse further away from AB, if I remember correctly. Okay. And on the east side, I'm guessing. 
Because it's east. It says yeah. east. So yeah, they're going to build like one end of it and then ex- eventually build the rest of it. Huh. It's, uh... I don't know. I, 2026 seems very aggressive. I guess the, the end of 2026. Oh, and the picture only has seven planes on it. Those are seven wide bodies, and so each wide body is sort of using a double narrow body gate. Okay, so 14 planes. That doesn't really fill the void that that C&D would create. No, it, it's not the full replacement yet. At all. Okay. but So it's a, it's a teaser. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's, what, 50, 60 gates in that concourse right now? Maybe, maybe 40, looks like. Let me see. Trying to count. There's quite a few. Yeah. Um, It's very long. Yeah. Might be 50. Yeah. Maybe 50. That's a lot. I don't know. Do you think it happened, Seth? Yes. Mm. Just just because it's they're taking it seriously, or what's your? Yeah, I, I'm. Everybody knows this needs to happen. It was a matter of who's going to pay for it, and I think they finally got the money part sorted with some gotcha. federal funding. So. Yeah. This one makes sense though with the train too, if because that's where the train ends down there. Yeah, so be kind of kind of nice to be able to actually have a train that goes into a terminal. Well, only one end of the train, though. <laughs> That's true. Um, Breeze at Islip. What is this about? Uh, they've added Islip to Raleigh and Islip to Portland, Maine, for this summer. Okay. Which Portland, Maine is a like I don't know. That seems like an interesting choice to me. For this, just for the summer, I. They're starting the summer. I don't remember if those routes are seasonal or full year. There okay. was some stuff that was seasonal and some that was full year that came out. So, um, But they also are killing off the White Plains, L.A., Transcon. Which that, that just it couldn't make it, huh? Couldn't make it work. And I, I wonder if it's because there's not a, a true premium product. Um, right, that the people who are paying the big bucks are going to just drive down to JFK or Newark. No, I, I don't think that's it. it pro- there probably is something else, right? Cause some of those terribly unreliable. People, yeah, that would be the bigger thing, right? Cause a lot of the people from Connecticut will fly out of LaGuardia and take a connection rather than going all the way to JFK or the Bradley. Fair. Um, yeah, that's, that was a route that was like sort of a look, we got the two twenty. look at these special things it can do. And, some of them it's not really like just hasn't quite come together the way they wanted. So it's unfortunate because they they have an operational issue with the two. Or I mean, they're operationally unreliable right now. I think they had, it's more of a staffing situation, mm. right? They also announced, uh, they were going to offer, uh, stock options or shares, whatever credits, uh, as part of the signing bonus for new pilots. If you showed up to fly, I think it was, I don't remember if it was only the 220 or was any new pilots, but um, that came up in the last couple of weeks. Um, so. Hmm. Hmm. And then uh, 
Avello. Sorry, they, okay. they 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 name they like said that they're uh, they're they're granting yeah uh, two hundred restricted stock awards, but like it's there's no indication of what how many shares are outstanding or what that's actually um really worth. Hmm. And they're offering uh two a two twenty captain starts at two fifteen an hour, which is still well below. Uh, and 105 an hour for first officers, which is still apparently relatively uh, cheap compared to like JetBlue, for example, or Delta. Yeah. So they're not yeah. super competitive yet when it comes to that stuff. No. Um, and then Avello at Wilmington, Delaware. What's happening there? Have they already decided they're not going to fly anything in there anymore? No, they're growing massively. Oh, so you're headed uh, back down there. I am not going back for any more inaugurals. <laughs> uh, they currently have five routes. They're adding nine more destinations. Uh, so in Florida, they're adding Daytona and Melbourne, which are like, you know, right next to each other, but sure. Uh, on different days of the week. So it sort of makes sense. They're at, and they're not right next to each other, they're like an hour apart, uh, 45 minutes, maybe. Uh, they're adding Charleston, Nashville, Greensboro. I'm doing this from memory. So I'm sure I'm going to miss some, uh, Raleigh, Savannah, and there's one more, but also Wilmington, North Carolina. Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh. So in the past, like, month, we've seen Charleston to Charleston and Wilmington to Wilmington, both announced to fly this summer. <laughs> one by Avello and one by Breeze. Yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina, is it, I mean, is that a decent sized market? It's not like Asheville, right? Like it's not. It's Outer not Banks huge. Gateway. Okay. Yeah. Is my understanding. It's sort of an, uh, it's out towards the water there. Yeah. Or it's out in towards the southern edge of North Carolina, sort of on the, towards the South Carolina coast or border. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a decent sized, I mean, it's six yeah. gates and gates. So interesting. Interesting. Um, I, I want to talk about the new Munich terminal. I mean, I know we talked about it probably a long time ago when it was built, but I actually flew through it this past Friday. Um, surprisingly not great. Um, I mean, it's clean. It's new. Um, but it's it's if you don't know when you go out there that if there's nothing out there, you're, you're kind of stuck. So I didn't know. I just hopped on the train because I was going to my connection uh, and got out to this remote terminal. And there, even in the non – even in the Shingen side, so the, the side that's still behind immigration, there's not a ton of like eats or things. It's just kind of maybe a few shops here and there. It's nothing like the main terminal. So just be aware. Um, Is that a function of – they just haven't built them yet, or there just isn't space for it? I think it's like it hasn't – they haven't built them. Maybe maybe COVID kind of prevented it from happening. I mean there's some stuff, right? There's like a duty-free store. There's like a couple of sandwich shops, but nothing – there's not a lot. It's, it's just – so I think it's maybe it's just a function of COVID. Um, you know, it's, it. it's just like Heathrow though, right? In the remote piers, there's almost nothing. True, and it's especially true when you get – outside of Schengen. So as soon as you go through immigration, 
there is like a little cart with sandwiches, and that that is it. Ouch. And some vending machines. So, um, I I kind of I went through immigration because I was just trying to get to my connection, and then I realized there was nothing. I didn't go back into Germany. So, um, but it's uh, I'm I was surprised. Um, I, I, they have space, like they have space for stuff. It's just I think the logistics of putting you know more people behind immigration and things. And, and looking at the map, I think maybe before COVID there was more stuff, Foz. So I, I can't I can't tell. I I remember connecting out there once, probably five years ago now, and it was it was not that bad. So yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like I've done that remote terminal as well, and it wasn't that bad. And I was in the non-Schengen side because I was doing um, Munich to Toronto. Yeah, it's de- definitely in the non-Schengen side. There's nothing. Yeah, I just wonder if that's they needed the gates back because dem- you know because operations are picking up, but they haven't staffed up concessions yet. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Just a word of word of warning. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit. Of, we'll talk a little bit about. Um, my flights on Lufthansa uh, in the bonus topics, but uh, Air Malta might be collapsing. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. They have been money losing. This is the state carrier for Malta, not to complete, not to be confused with Malta Air, which is a Ryanair subsidiary. Okay. Um, the government had been trying to push some money into that, and uh, the EU doesn't like that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, depending on, and it's right now, it's a lot of, uh, you know, unnamed sources and things like that, but they're talking about having to shut down the airline and then, uh, potentially launching a replacement carrier a la Swiss or Sabina to Brussels, Hmm. which I guess would be allowed to get the money. I don't know. And then Lufthansa will promptly offer to buy them. Nah. <laughs> I mean, if the if it had a decent hub that was worth taking over, sure. But yeah. So no. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. Anything else you guys want to chat about this week? Nothing. Nothing for me. No. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about BA Premium Economy from Seth, and uh, and we're going to talk about Alnapan Airways and their mistake fare uh, and how crazy people are when it comes to mistake fares. So stick around if you're a Patreon subscriber, and we'll talk about that in the bonus. Uh, if not, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Happy travels. Take care. Catch you later.